Hello, <laughs> it's Kristen with Intentional Now Podcast. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. For some odd reason, I just have this a little bit of apprehension or a little nervousness. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe we'll figure it out as we get to talking and sharing. But welcome. I'm so glad you are here. Um, I am looking forward, we are cracking into um, the sixth chapter of my book, The Unfinished Book, and I wanted to thank you because I was looking at the reports of my book and I could tell that you are reading it. And so that just really encourages me and also that way we can follow right along together and we can talk about it and share and you can read what is actually going on and where I'm speaking to. And thank you. Thank you so much for purchasing the unfinished book. It really blesses me and ah, well, <laughs> Here we go. Okay, we're just going to move into this, right? I'm just very grateful to you. Thank you so much. So chapter six is Earth Invading Heaven. Hmm. And ah, sometimes I don't know where to start because there's so much I want to say to you. There's so much I want to share. That's why you that are reading the book, it really helps put things in order. Um, I started out this chapter with, hear this, young men and women everywhere, and proclaim it far and wide. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. Be kind, but be fierce. You are needed now more than ever before. Take up the mantle of change, for this is your time. Sir Winston Churchill. I absolutely love that quote. He is an amazing man. <laughs> yes. So this particular chapter is where in my life, and with my questions about the spiritual realm and the unseen, this is where the rubber met the road of change for me. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit, but I don't, I don't want to, I'm actually going to read from my book because I don't want to miss any of the points. That way that you can follow me and what I'm saying and what I'm feeling. But let's kind of back that up a little bit today. So interesting today, Dawn and I were out and about. We were running in the errands and going to the grocery store because um, our second born son, Jason, and his wife are going to be staying with us. Um, this weekend, so we needed a few extra groceries, and Dawn's excited about barbecuing. And so we stopped by the local farm store where we get our bird seed. Now, I think I probably already told you 
that I feed a lot of wild birds. I just love them. I have seven feeders in my yard and we actually have a, a small business where we produce um, bird finger, feeder hangers that help that help the pulley system. It's rabbittrailsupply.com. You can go check it out there. But yeah, I have seven bird feeders in my yard and I learn so much from nature. I learn so much from looking at them and their beauty just captivates me. So let's continue on with our story, okay? And I'm going to read through it and I, knowing me, I'm going to veer off here and there, <laughs> right? I'm really good at the rabbit trails, right? And I bet I, I haven't even told you that. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little secret, right? So I have Rabbit Trail Publishing and RabbitTrailSupply.com, right? So where did that come from? <laughs> so when I finished my book um, and through, through my book, I was asking the Lord, what about publishing? What's this going to look like? How are we going to do it? And um, I knew that I was going to self-publish. But, you know, it was really important to me that I was able to communicate who God is to me when I published something that was a miracle in itself. And the reader would never know about it had they not listened to me or heard my testimony or actually seen my blog, what is the rabbit trail of rabbit trail supply and rabbit trail publishing. So I was asking the Lord, okay, how are we going to publish it? Who's going to publish it and all that stuff. And, and, um, in my spirit was this cute little rabbit, right? And so I draw the rabbit and I doodle the rabbit and I don't really understand it. Um, not that I have a great affection for rabbits, except for they're cute. My mom raised about 3,000 meat rabbits back when I was a teenager. Um, but I just went with it. I doodled it and meditated on it for a little bit. And I said, hmm, rabbit Trail Publishing. Okay. Mm, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, what does that have to do with my relationship with you, God? And how I am dedicating and devoting this book project to you. And so one day I was looking at it and I was doodling at it and I drew a cute little logo with a little a rabbit and I'd write out rabbit trail publishing. And all of a sudden the Lord said to me, he goes, Kristen, take out one of the T's. I went, huh? And so rabbit trail publishing. And he said, take out one of the T's. So I did. And as soon as I did that, I knew, I saw it. I just saw his name there. And so the reason why there's only one T, not rabbit and trail, there's one T. It's because it's rabbi trail. And from that moment on, I never questioned him. I just knew that this is the trail of my rabbi. <laughs> 
my teacher, my savior. Yeah, and I can feel that. I'm emotional. And that's the reason why I call it Rabbit Trail, Rabbi <laughs> Trail Publishing, or Rabbi or Rabbit, <laughs> Rabbi Trail Supply. Because who better to teach you and to follow than Jesus? Jesus and he's my rabbi, right? So, boy, I got emotional over that. <laughs> now you know. Okay? Okay. Clear the tears from the context Ugh, so we can read and we can continue on, right? Oh, let me grab a Kleenex here. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. So back to chapter six. Earth is invading heaven, right? Here we go. The unbelievable, the unsought world is alive on the yarn woven in my heart. Unbelievability is an inadequate description, and we should probably find a different way to express unbelievable. No longer is the unconceivable to me a mystery. I have always loved divine mystery. I relish discovering, asking questions, touching, and feeling my way to understand the supernatural realm. Through the veil is an open door of intimacy that has led me into a face-to-face -face relationship with the Godhead, having made studying the Bible second-hand conversation. Yes, studying the Bible is second-hand conversation. <laughs> and yes, I have already been burned at the stake for that comment. The Bible always confirms him, and many times when I have experienced something that my understanding is struggling with, I'll respond and ask, um, could you give me a bit of a clue on what just happened? <laughs> what was that all about? And he will direct me to a passage on many occasions. Sometimes I'm still very much in the dark, but I'll note it in my journal and he tags a certain passage as understanding for that encounter. One of my very favorite scriptures is in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into my own understanding. In all ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I call that divine coordinates. Starting with him, trust. Ending with him, directing your paths. Sounds like a rabbi trail, right? <laughs> Nobody ever said it wasn't in another realm. My right to understand is in a position of submission and learning. I must learn. I can close the door or shut off seeing in the spirit if I would choose to. Many have closed that door through fear of the unknown, misunderstanding, immaturity, wrong mindsets, and teaching. I have weighed the cost and have chosen not to be spiritually blind, feeling narrowness from an earthly perspective. 
Heaven has popularity from a perspective of death, but not the living. A dear pastor friend of mine described sharing from the pulpit about heaven. (laughs) From the living, he shares it like this. (laughs) How to decrease the numbers in your church. (laughs) Not a comforting statement as a leader. Confirming that there are those leaders who are not alone in our mystical conversation. Heaven real and rich, is providing clear answers that my Christianity was severely lacking. For years, in the area of worship, I'd exercise worship in a performance-like manner. Scary to say it that way. My understanding of how God's Spirit moves or is moved was based on that I could perform and he would approve my descending into the atmosphere. Whether it was thanksgiving, praise, adoration, repentance, dance, my response to him would be to pull him into the room. We praise to open doors and portals. You can honestly feel the shift and the tangible presence of angels around you. Our songs supposedly pulled and altered heaven's response. Sometimes we would get caught in quantity instead of quality. In the anointed season, when soaking arrived on the scene, I was totally addicted. What is soaking? It's FaceTime or carpet time prayer. (laughs) And you don't use any words. It's listening prayer, you might say supported brilliantly by my instrumental music. Then the words don't distract you. You commit the time to listen, love, and just be with him, marinate, or soak. I was totally addicted to soaking. At church, we had a dedicated prayer chapel with pillows and lovely chairs, encouraging the one-on-one time with the Lord. His presence consumes you and feels, ooh, oosey-goosey, my word, you might say. It is lovely to feel the whoosh of the spiritual atmosphere. You can spend hours in his presence. I thank you for where it led me, and it led our church, but we also noticed it seemed like a one-way door. Come on in, Jesus. I like how you make me feel. Would you do this for me? And when the clock ticked and the time was up, how much transformation occurred? I'm so thankful that Grace helped us figure out through the vehicle of soaking that it was just the evidence that the door was opened. We learn not just to lay in his presence but receive the invitation and go into his habitations. I now have invaded heaven. I bring concerns and petitions, continuing to learn to deal with them in heaven. Every praise is in heaven. Heaven is God's white house without corrupt administrations. I'm continually focusing on not to step out of heaven. 
to be seated in heavenly places with him kicks the grasshopper mentality when it comes to that there's giants in the land. Above, I'm seated above all principality and powers, an excellent position to be, which helps me to view and us to view our enemies, learning to call the shots with the king of kings. Amen. Now, just a moment of painful truth. Remember, I willingly participated and wrestled within the rules of the game. The responsibility is mine. The deception of the fear of man and the acceptance of man's exacted a toll. It did. When I mentioned costly, I'm not pulling any punches. In getting permission season, crossing all your T's and dotting your I's was emotionally difficult. The measure of the standard is insane. Man's checkoff lift list for the pastorate is without mercy and sad to say with many mercy isn't even available lead pastor makes it even more radical i remember receiving an invitation to set up a booth at a meet and greet our church was recruiting for paid interns with a room and board students would pass by this meet and greet And if you would ask questions, I can't tell you how many young women burst into tears when I shared that I was the lead pastor or carrier of the vision. They would ask, oh, it's really happening? We are also called to be pastors? In silent frustration, I fought both internal and external struggles to measure up. I was challenged in the steps you take to get all your ordination ducks in a row. You groan in his power, can lay hands on the sick with testimonies, prophesy on cue, Holy Spirit-inspired secrets that touch a person deep in their heart. You can lead street evangelism, street evangelism, street evangelism, and you can grow up in the school of hard, hard knocks, learning to walk out your healing and brokenness. You can then find the voice of freedom to help mend brokenness and the lack of trust with his sheep and begin teaching the church to rightly divide the word for themselves and discern God's callings. A female leader, a female pastor, is not out of God's order, and we are not going to misuse money. I look at it now, seeing how I padded my leadership so that beyond reproach was a hat worn instead of a relationship of community. A series of years of pressing and searching my my heart, crazy, sad, and uncomfortable, how difficult it was to get in the box. And yeah... I really wanted in the box because that's who I saw myself. That was my identity. I knew that I was a leader and a forerunner. And I thought I had to get into the box to have a voice. We must think about that, you know, (laughs) get in the box. And then God changes the message. (laughs) Let's say our quote again, okay? 
Hear this, young men and women everywhere, and proclaim it far and wide. The earth is yours, and the fullness thereof. Be kind, but be fierce. You are needed now more than ever before, and take up the mantle of change, for this is your time. Happenings and a Change of View Invading the supernatural became a famous in the no word. And I'm so thankful to be a part and to have had access to powerful teachings and schools and conferences and that ushered in breakthroughs of the supernatural. We have seen great changes in our generation. My husband and I, we had the great privilege of receiving an annual invitation to attend a leadership conference blessed to sit amongst God's leaders, hear their stories from all over the world, and hug familiar faces. That particular autumn came with much anticipation for refreshment, communion, confirmation, and inspired words. We, our small gathering, were on the cusp of change. That evening during the conference, we attended the worship service. I could hardly wait for the facilitator to get the facilitator <laughs> to get the announcements out of the way so I could leap out of my seat and join the free moving ones down front. Stage left, position next to the bass speaker in front of the prophetic artist. The music cued. The words scored the monitors and my spirit lifted and I was escorted into his presence. A dancer would rhythmically step and gracefully move as paint splashed the artist's canvas, an atmosphere pregnant with hope, birthing the new, releasing the old. My spirit shifted, allowing me to go in through an artist's draft. A heavenly portal opened with paired perspectives. I saw heaven and earth's brush. My feet stood on top of the atmosphere between heaven and earth. Metaphorically, the edge of the ocean and the shore of the land. I thought planted itself. The sands of time. From spirit to soul perceiving height, latitudes and longitudes, balance, gravity, breadth, and length. I had the sensation of standing on a heavenly grid with four corners, the four corners of the earth, like an ice cube tray or an egg carton. Each had uniform compartments of realms. The grid was movable and tilting on what I perceived as an axis. Axis. When one corner rose higher, the opposite corner went lower. Standing in the middle of this heavenly platform, the grid, it tilted and the corner lifted. I quickly moved with the ascension to stand on the high angle. Weight and gravity moved. I lifted up, breaking through the ceiling that covered me. I rose through. It created a chain reaction in which I saw the anointing, both water and oil, flow down through the grid or tilted atmosphere. The fluid started to fill the individual compartment. 
each chamber overflowing to the next until the liquid reached the bottom. I didn't understand anything yet. I relaxed in the familiar undoing of being with him. My equilibrium overwhelmed, my spirit shifted, and I cognitively returned, finding myself still standing next to the loudspeaker. Spiritually dumbfounded, looking around, mesmerized towards the complexity of a now-painted canvas in front of me, the artist, a heavenly encounter. I made it back to my seat with limited breath, murmured into my husband's ears while pointing at the painting now before us. I went there. The mystic masterpiece reflected a sky of muted golds. Held within are billowy clouds. It's a profile of a regal lion's head. Underneath his roar stamped three dappled white stallions rushing from heaven's view. Rearing over the white-capped waves on cobalt blue seas was a dapple gray rearing charger. Balanced over his silver haunches standing stands the rider, her arms stretched back, face in the wind as if diving up, upwards, her feet rolled on her toes to balance. I was standing in the atmosphere between heaven and earth, and I went through that painting. The door at this time was now permanently opened. My heart had broken through. My life would never be the same. Little did I know that my life would never be the same. Earth has invaded heaven, knowing but not entirely understanding. God had downloaded something powerful in me and captured it on a canvas. I picked up the sheet of protocols to acquire it. I wrote to the artist, telling her in detail the encounter that I had in the midst of her creating. I filled in the monetary, monetary line, the entire but humble amount currently sitting in my bank account. We met, hugged, and talked. Divinely complete, the painting is now hanging in my home. It has encouraged and inspired many have stopped to gaze upon it. My spirit life with him remains where he sits on the throne, where Jesus wears a crown and his government is without end. And I am overwhelmed and ready to learn what changes lie ahead. Stepping through the veil is nothing new. Now let's remember here the message of grace hasn't always been preached or heard in the gospel. Let's remember afresh the person Holy Spirit hasn't always been welcomed in the gospel message either. Rekindle our memory of revivals, healing and the laying on of hands discounted from the gospel message. The word of prophecy was restricted from being released in the gospel message. Change has unearthed once again in the gospel message. Preaching about entering the kingdom of heaven is ruffling feathers even though Jesus spoke 
about it over 153 times. And death does not have to come knocking. Yep, God changes the message on the other side of the veil. <laughs> How um, approved do you think my voice is now about like Pastor Todd Burpo in the book or movie Heaven is Really Real? <laughs> okay, here we go. Except for I'm wearing a skirt. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and remember where I started my book? You want to change the world, Kristen? Pick up your pen. Right. So going from this defining encounter to my church community, the kingdom message changed, not just in leadership eyes, but it manifested itself corporately. Together, our little church started experiencing doors in the spirit, spiritual doors everywhere. Our artists were constantly painting doors and windows and portals and beautiful windows of inviting light and a stream of colors welcoming us into heaven. Paintings are like seeing the heart of a person opening up. Rivers were bursting through the treasures untold. Angels, clocks, compasses were compelling us to come up here. <laughs> it was an interesting so interesting to realize that on the Hebrew calendar, it was the year of the door. And as leader, I put forth the question, isn't it obvious? And don't you think we should go through it? <laughs> the door. We did. Church changed. Everything changed. Leadership changed. People who didn't want to go through the door were sadly, but they were released. With honor and patience, the Lord asked us to release family members. Better to release with blessing than leaving disgruntled. It was a very grieving season. That's what I wanted to share with you. I didn't want to miss a detail of what it is like to invade heaven. No, earth is. We're there. We're seated. <laughs> we're seated. So when I say take up the mantle of change, I did. I took it up and I believed God. I did. I believed God. It was amazing. It is amazing. We went through hmm, about three different releases <laughs> of people, I meant, releases. Because you have to give them the freedom. Not everybody is going to go with you. It was really difficult. It was really challenging. And of course, our finances squeezed down. <laughs> yep. So much so that we um, were unable to play the lease on our building. Now, wasn't that challenging? 
I wouldn't change a thing. Looking back on it, see, it's been eight, nine years. I wouldn't change a thing. No. Okay. There is something that I wanted to share with you before I answer one of your questions. Um, I asked the Lord and I went to, to listen to you and to perceive you. And you know what? You are very brave. You are a very brave person. And I want to tell you that there is more. There's more for you. <laughs> There's more of heaven than we can even begin to tap into. There is just more. And you are very much like me. I am so captivated with the more. And I know that I have been called for the more. And what does that look like? Where are we going? We're going with eyes that can see and ears that can hear. Right? Okay getting a little bit on the long side, but I'm so glad that I was able to share that with you so you could understand the, the history and the journey. I'm not alone. There's many people that have taken that particular journey. Okay, so give me a minute. I'm going to hear a question, okay? Just a minute here. Okay. The question I heard is, Kristen, um, I've been having spiritual encounters too, and I totally believe in what Jesus is showing me. However, what does that mean for me going to church? What does that, my encounters, what does that mean to the church that I've been attending? Only you and Jesus can answer what that means. Let me explain to you from my perspective and what I've walked through. We were never, when a community of believers gathered together, right? We were supposed to remain. It was always meant to be a family, to where we share together, eat together, have communion together, and we walk through life together. We were never meant, that church community, we were never meant to have to go to another church. I'm guilty. I went from church to church to church. And it wasn't because I wasn't welcomed. It wasn't because... Um, I was offended. It just means that what was coming from the pulpit had ministered to me for that season, but I kept growing. And because I kept growing, I needed to go find where there were like-minded people 
that were hearing the same thing that I was hearing from Jesus. And so that caused me to go and change churches. Well, (laughs) then as a leader, (sighs) you change church and then you step into the heaven and then you go, "Uh uh-oh, there aren't any churches here. (laughs) Gosh, that was hard. And so, no, there aren't that many what you would say churches, but there's the church in heaven. We are one body, one faith, one communion with Jesus Christ. And there are, they are growing. I communicate and with different, with bodies and communities um, around the world that are gathering from the perspective of heaven. So it is growing. We just don't have the privilege of going down to the corner church and hearing about heaven with what Jesus is teaching us. And no, it would be wonderful if it changed. Mm. I just don't see it that way. And that is an area that only you can talk to Jesus about, about your own personal growth and your personal maturing. In my experience, revelation, (laughs) oh, okay, I'm going to tell you another story. And my dear friend, Susan, just mentioned it to me the other day. So years ago, (laughs) I was invited to go to a small church, a community of believers, which many of those people that were a part of that community, I am still in relationship with today. But So I went to this church and Holy Spirit was touching people and they were on, (coughs) excuse me, they were on the cusp of change. However, um, I want to say this very respectful. They found discrepancies in the leadership, and it caused it to blow apart, right? And the leadership um, didn't really know how to resolve the discrepancies. Um, So the church blew apart, yet the leadership kept meeting And I was invited to attend those meetings. And I attended quite a few, but really mm, was not invited to open up my mouth. But I attended. And people were hurt and they were, were confused. They were offended. 
And it was a difficult, difficult time. And finally, after, oh, I don't know, several months of the leadership being in this stagnant place, and I was being pulled by Jesus that we've got to move forward, we've got to move forward, you know, I've got to move forward. Um, I remember walking out of the house, and I was crying and upset, and my dear friend Susan came walking after me, and she she goes, Kristen. And she was uh, imploring me as strong as she could. She goes, just be patient. They'll change their change. They will change. Just be patient with them. And I told her, I go, I can't anymore. My dear friend, Susan reminded me of that last night at church. And yes, I walked away from that. And from that point on, um, I received um, a blueprint and started gathering with what God had showed us. And one by one, a large majority of the people that were involved in that heart-wrenching breakup, they came, yes, they came and we built fabulous relationships and it was amazing. And it was those same people that we walked through the veil together. I mean, we discovered and we believed God together. And my dear friend Susan told me last night, she goes, I'm so glad, Kristen, that you didn't wait. You know, <laughs> her and her husband are one of the dearest friends that I have. And they're part of my community today. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love them tremendously. So your question it's a very good question. Ask Jesus and don't move until you've heard from him. Because every decision that we meet, we make needs to be done in love. It's kind of like I'm going to go back to the beginning of the podcast. So today, the, when Don and I were at the farm store getting the bird seed. There was a couple who was just coming out from the local restaurant. And I hadn't seen her for 15 years. And she used to come to the women's Bible study that I taught. And I remember talking to her husband and it was one of those difficult places in my change season of earth invading heaven. And her husband didn't agree with me. And because he didn't agree with me, it, oh, it made the relationship more difficult. Um, 
So it was interesting that today, there they were in the parking lot, and I told Don, just a minute, pull the car over, and I jumped out of the car, and I went and saw my dear friend and gave her a big hug and talked to her husband. And so the love that I feel for them, and even though they don't understand um where the Lord has taken me because we're no longer in relationship. I could still love on them. I gave her a huge, big kiss, and it was such a blessing to see them. So our decisions need to be made based in love and with the best intentions to love people, whether we're remaining in company with them or if we need to move on from that season so that we can grow. And that applies in so many areas of our life. We need to move on our seasons to grow in business, in relationships, in our relationship with God. Well, we went a little bit long today, but it's good. It's very good. I bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. I invite you, uh, remind you again, the unfinished book. When you purchase the unfinished book, you pop over to my website, kristenwombach.com. And you'll see on the toolbar, the unfinished book. And when you hit that on the toolbar, it'll pop down and say chapters, right? And then you go into the chapters and I wrote a blog post for every chapter. And you can see the painting that the artist painted that I explained to you today. That place between heaven and earth standing on the grid of heaven and earth you can go see that painting it's amazing <laughs> it is amazing so i encourage you to do that <laughs> i encourage you if you are a business owner or you are a a budding entrepreneur and if you happen to need somebody to help you build a website I have, purchased, I have built a course just for you. So you can find that on, the, on my website too. Just, I am so passionate to help people with, to put tools in their hands to accomplish the destiny and purpose that God called them for. I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> One of these times I'll tell you about my 100 diamond story, okay? <laughs> oh, you'll be in a treat for that one. <laughs> All right. You have a wonderful evening. And um, I'll talk to you again real soon. Okay. I bless you. And I love you. Au revoir. <laughs>